Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, Ryan Fowler, and what an absolute beautiful day it is in Washington. A home run, slam dunk, grand slam hiring. With the news just a few minutes ago, the Washington is making Adam Peters their new general manager. The process has been quick. It's been fluid. Josh Harris, Bob Myers, Rick Spielman haven't wasted a lick of time in getting this thing done. And I am ecstatic. I am excited. I'm fired up for who Adam Peters is as a talent evaluator in the NFL. Now, I will say one thing. I was just recording a podcast for you guys talking about the process of the guys that have already interviewed in Washington at GM. Now, we knew heading into the day that it was Adam Peters and it was Ian Cunningham from the Chicago Bears as far as who was going to be the guy in Washington moving forward. And as, as I was about 15, 20 minutes into this thing, I get the, get the uh, notification that from Adam Schefter of ESPN that they made Adam Peters the hiring in D.C. And I am, I can't say enough good things about Adam Peters. And why I say that is because of talent evaluation. What you do in April, not just in round one, but two, three, four, five, six, and seven, and in the UDFA process, if you seem fit from a scouting perspective to see if you see a guy that has something about him that you like intangibly to come in and compete, that's where you win. Now, I'm not going to talk about the first rounders in San Francisco since 2017 that they drafted since Adam Peters was there. In the last few years, he's been working hip to hip with John Lynch, like Nick Bosa, right? First rounder or Brandon Ayuk, first rounder. I'm not going to talk about those guys. Those guys are excellent as well. Or Mike McGlinchey, who was there for a long time and now at the Denver Broncos. But I will throw out a couple of names for you guys that were drafted post-round one, and then we'll go from there. George Kittle, fifth round. Fred Warner, out of BYU, third round. Dre Greenlaw, fifth round. If you guys don't follow football that much or outside Washington, Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, arguably... Now, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen right now in Baltimore may have a say to that. Say to this, but they're the best linebacking tandem in football in Warner and Greenlaw. Debo Samuel, second-round pick. Talanoa Hafunga, hybrid safety out of USC. Won't play the rest of this year. He's been hurt, but when he's on the field, he's excellent. Fifth-rounder. Brock Purdy, you guys know the story. Seventh-rounder. Elijah Mitchell, RB2, really, for this offense. Or RB3 at times. Rushed for over 1,000 yards in his career already. Sixth-round pick. Ronnie Bell. Depth receiver this year. Out of Michigan. Seventh-round pick. And Diama Dorlinois out of Oregon a couple years ago. Started out as nickel. Played some hybrid outside in. Fifth-round pick. It's an absolute home run signing for the Washington Commanders. I am extremely, extremely excited about these next few months to come from the talent evaluation perspective to where Washington has lacked for so, so long. Let alone trying to hit on first-round picks. Because, look, RG3, one year was a hit. But overall, it was not a hit. 
Chase Young, second overall pick, was not a hit. Emmanuel Forbes in year one. I think you guys can answer that question. Right now, it was not a hit. Let alone as we get into rounds two and rounds three with guys like Federi Mathis or Jamin Davis on day one. The talent evaluation in Washington has lacked. And for multiple years now, since I've entered the draft industry full steam ahead four or five years ago, when I started my career in Washington, evaluating talent for each draft. Now, I wasn't with Washington Scouting Department, but I evaluated the talent in Washington in each draft before moving to the Draft Network and with Bleach Report Now, where I study each class, the ins and outs, whether you're taken first overall or whether you're taken in the 250s. It doesn't matter. And I sit there each year and I see Washington's picks. And I just kind of shrug my shoulders and squint and just say, scratch my head and say, I don't get it. Because talent evaluation is something that not everybody can do. But it matters when you're trying to build an NFL roster. Whether it's offense or defense. And it doesn't have to be the headliners every class. Last year within the industry, I was probably the high man on Tank Dell, receiver from Houston, that everybody said was too small, too skinny. College production wasn't going to translate. What, is, what did he do for Houston this year before the, pre, before the injury? He was excellent. Or the year prior, Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. People said, oh, he's, too, he's big, he's fast, but he's at North Dakota State. He's there for a reason. He wasn't recruited out of the hotbed of Florida for a reason. Watch him at the Senior Bowl. He's one of the most fluid athletes moving down there. And it wasn't a shock to what he's done in Green Bay. Went healthy. So for me, in the talent evaluation business, from the media side of things, I am just extremely happy to know that Washington has a guy in the damn building that understands what the hell he's looking at in evaluating football players to compete not just wear a jersey and steal a check. Because there's been a couple guys in D.C. that they've hit on really the last five to six years. I think of Terry McLaurin. I think of Cam Curl. Those are my guys that I think about right away that are hits. And if Washington is smart, and if Adam Peters is smart, they pay Cam Curl to be back here in 2024 in the next few years following. If he'd like to be. I would love to see Cam Curl back. The guy played every damn position on the defense this year. He did everything when he was out there. 31 is fantastic. But this hiring today is not just a step in the right direction. It is a jump off a trampoline step in the right direction. Because you build through April in round one and what you do after that. You don't just evaluate the top 40 players in a draft and then just kind of throw darts at a dartboard and hoping things fit. In 2024, you draft guys on your board that fit what you want to do offensively and defensively. Now, there is still a lot to be figured out as far as who's going to head coach this thing, who's going to be OC, who's going to be DC. Is it a Mike McDonald, Aaron Glenn, Dan Quinn type of hiring as a defensive-minded head coach that you obviously know will be the head coach and de facto defensive coordinator and you're going to make an offensive coordinator hire if it's not Eric Bieniemy, Or is it an offensive-minded head coach like Ben Johnson or Bieniemy or Bobby Slowick? Who is it going to be? 
We still have all those things to be figured out and iron out as we move forward. But the process now, these next few months and weeks, a couple weeks till we're down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, which by the way, guys, I know a lot of you out there are draft enthusiasts. Check out the damn Senior Bowl roster and the accepted invites that they have going down there. And for Washington specifically, where they have a need, you could say at every single spot, Along the offensive line, it is sensational. The talent is unbelievable. The one-on-ones between the tackles, guards, and centers, between the D-linemen, the interior guys, and the edge guys could be pay-per-view worthy down in Mobile. I cannot wait. Now, I'll be down in Mobile, and I'll have my phone out. I'll be taking pictures and live video and a lot of content for you guys, both for Bleacher Report and the Draft Network and multiple platforms, video, audio, written, and I'm on Twitter, underscore Ryan Fowler, if you don't follow me there already. I can't wait for that. Last couple years, I've had a couple conversations with Martin Mayhew when he was down there evaluating talent. Now, I would love to see Adam Peters down there. Would love to. Now, it remains to be seen what the scouting staff is going to look like. Is it going to be a lot of the same guys that Martin Mayhew had in town? Or is it going to be overhauled? Now, I know they're in the process right now of looking at that, but with Adam Peters in town, I cannot say enough good things about this hiring. And holy hell, in general, we haven't been able to say good things about anything in Washington for a long time. Prior ownership, absolutely not. Maybe a couple things here and there that we were happy about with RG3 or Kirk Cousins or Alex Smith. A couple things here and there. But now it is a fresh start with an individual that has a football mind and an evaluation mind as far as what fits. Just because you're 6'3", 220, run a 4'2", doesn't mean you're a fit. What if you're 6'1", 190 pounds, and run a 4'4", but you're a better route runner than that guy? You can create at different levels with the ball in your hands. Maybe you play bigger than your frame, like Jahan Dotson does. What fits in whoever offensive coordinator is going to be here? Do you want more athletic offensive linemen? Do you want more gap pluggers? More vertically displacing type of linemen, like a Tyler Larson? compared to what we saw from a Ricky Stromberg at Arkansas. Different types of bodies, different athletes. Evaluating that and having the ability to say, look, this guy fits what we want to do. This guy fits what we want to do. I don't care if he's got an Alabama helmet on or a Fresno State helmet on. If you can play and you can show the ability and the skill set to fit what Washington wants to do, round one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, then you're going to be in the building and you're going to have an opportunity to compete. Because the names I just listed off earlier didn't include a guy like Ambry Thomas, who stepped up for them this year as an outside corner that was taken on day two. We got guys on Washington's roster, specifically on day two. I think about Deami Brown. People forget the day two pick out of North Carolina and was taken before a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown out of USC. Now, I don't want to be that guy to say this guy would fit better here, this guy would fit better here. Because when you fall in certain situations, everything works out. But that's why I just preached the finding guys that fit what you want to do. Deami Brown in North Carolina was, for me, was a linear athlete that won vertically a lot of the time. What does Amon St. Brown do? He wins at every single level. He's tough as nails. He'll block his ass off for you. He doesn't have to consistently be the wide receiver one in Detroit. But he's a hell of a football player that competes and produces in multiple phases of an offensive structure. That was the difference for me between Amon St. Brown and Deami Brown. 
Guys, I'm excited. I mean, you can obviously tell the enthusiasm in my voice. Because I just want this roster to be built the right way. Now, I do not know Adam Peters. I've not met the man. I've never spoken to him. But everything that I've heard is just fantastic things. Good things about the man and about how he operates as a football evaluator and roster builder when he was working hip-to-hip with John Lentz in San Francisco. So again, the head coaching process is still up in the air as of now. We've heard a lot of names. Mike McDonald from Baltimore, who if Washington goes the defensive route, I think would be an absolute home run hiring. Aaron Glenn, D.C. with the Lions. Bobby Slowick, offensively. He's offensive coordinator with the Houston Texans. You saw what he's done this year. Under head coach D'Amico Ryans and quarterback C.J. Stroud. Dan Quinn, the D.C. with the Dallas Cowboys. I can't wait to see how this process continues to evolve. Now, there are rules and limitations that the NFL set in place as far as when you can interview guys in person. No one can be interviewed in person until the conclusion of the divisional round. Mostly everything right now is virtual. But this thing has kicked up steam. So now you got the new ownership group in place. you got Adam Peters in place. Now it's going to be head coach, OC, and DC. Then you're going to finalize the positional groups. Then we're going to be getting into Shrine Bowl, Senior Bowl, Pro Days, Visits. I'll have a lot of that information for you guys again on my Twitter. As more information comes out from players, agents, personnel across the league as far as where these guys are visiting and going and who Washington is interested in. Again, I'll have that information on my Twitter. But it's a brand new day in D.C. Brand new day. And for the first time in a long time, I'm excited. Honestly excited. It's not, it's not a false sense of hope. I'm excited about the future in D.C. Again, I'm not expecting a Super Bowl in 2024, right? The 2024-25 season. So next February, I'm not sitting here expecting a Super Bowl. But what I am expecting is progression, evolving a roster, both building it, putting a helmet on, strapping up, and executing on Sunday, Thursday, Monday, Saturday, whenever the hell the commanders play. Last week, we looked at Washington's schedule of opponents, home and away for next year. The NFL now with 17 games rotates, nine games home, eight games home, nine games home, eight games home. This year, the AFC had nine games at home. Next year, the NFC is going to have nine games at home. We're going to see what Washington wants to do as far as the top of the draft. Do they stay at two? Do they have to go up to one to get their guy if it's Caleb Williams? They're going to trade back? We will talk about all those avenues as we move forward. But in years past, it was about fitting butts in seats at FedEx Field. It was about signing guys like O.J. Otagwe and Adam Archuleta and Albert Hainsworth and Donovan McNabb and Deion Sanders and Josh Norman. Now it's about laying the foundation for 5, 10, 15, 20 years to get Washington hopefully back or at least tease what they used to be in the 80s and 90s under Joe Gibbs. Now I know a lot of you out there want to maybe get past the Joe Gibbs years. It's history, but we still try to hold on to it as much as we can because that's the last consistency that we saw in Washington. I didn't see it. I wasn't alive. But that's, as a franchise, from a history perspective, that's when Washington was last consistently above average. 
top of the league almost every single damn year. But Josh Harris isn't about getting butts in seats and signing faces and signing headliners. I love to see this week from Dallas that we heard that Jerry Jones is potentially interested in bringing in Bill Belichick depending on the success of Dallas has in the playoffs. I absolutely love it. I love it. Do it, please. Please, Jerry. Oh, please, Jerry Jones. Please do it. Please. I would love that. Washington isn't going that route. They're making the right decisions for both the immediate and long-term future of a franchise and building it from the bricks, laying the concrete. Now, I'm I'm not a bricklayer, but I guess you lay the concrete and the bricks on top of each other and you slowly build. That's what Washington is doing. That's what they did today with Adam Peters. Not trying to get butts in seats by doing the headlining additions. They're trying to get notches in a win column and ultimately play consistent football, operate have a high level of collaborative evaluation, pro side, college side, competitive football, get a roster that wants to compete, and try to get fourth, fifth, sixth Super Bowls out in Ashburn next to the three that are already there, won by Joe Gibbs. And that's what the process is for Washington, and I'm pumped up. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Adam Peters, the new GM in Washington. I'm elated. I'm ecstatic. The process moving forward, I can't wait to get into it with you guys and talk about the players in this class on offense, defense, that could absolutely make an impact for Washington in year one. And now we have a guy in the building, in my opinion, that will make the right selections, have the right value on certain players, where they not taking a guy like Emmanuel Forbes that was overdrafted at 16. Certain situations like that, or Federi Mathis that we saw, that simply has not worked out now two years into a campaign in the NFL, working behind guys like Deron Payne and John Allen. Every pick matters, and Washington is going to have a handful of picks before we even get to the 105th, 106th selection. They're going to have to hit on a lot of them. And I don't think there's a guy in football that I'd rather have right now making decisions and turning in the guy's name than Adam Peters. And he is now in Washington, and I'm ecstatic. So again, always appreciate you guys tuning in. I will have an episode out for you as of right now, planning next Friday. So we are in the off season, more so one a week in case information like this right pops out. We're planning to do an episode today, every Friday, but as we get closer and closer towards the senior bowl shrine and this pre-draft process, more so moving towards two or potentially three episodes a week. As we get more information on these players visiting guys, I want to talk to you guys about, I'm going to have live interviews, all types of stuff going on. Trying to get guys on here as well for the podcast. And of course, on my Twitter, I do a lot of live Twitter spaces, interviews, whether it's players, whether it's personnel, whether it's agents, whether it's a guy like Jim Nagy, who if you guys have missed it, you can go back on my Twitter and listen to a couple of the Twitter spaces that we've had already talking about the Senior Bowl and their loaded roster. And I expect to be on with Jim here in the next week or so again, as we're just a couple weeks away from the 2024 Senior Bowl that, again, is absolutely loaded with talent. I can't wait to get down to Mobile, Alabama. So, again, appreciate you guys. As always, enjoy your weekend. It's a brand-new start, bottom up, for the Washington Commanders hiring Adam Peters from San Francisco, now staying in the NFC, now in the NFC East, with your Commanders and the Burgundy and Gold. So have a great weekend, everybody. I will talk to you planning next Friday. We get some news here in the next couple days on Peters making his first move, which is head coach. We'll be on here and I'll talk to you guys very, very soon. So again, enjoy the weekend. I'm Ryan Fowler and this is Commanding the Huddle. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.